1: Hello, Egg Chasers, and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And we are doing our first podcast of the brand new season. Season four for the podcast, 2017-18, has kicked off with an absolute bang. Uh, Well, the rugby has. This podcast has started with a whimper, I think it's fair to say. I think apologies are probably in order first
0: off, JB. Er... Yes, I probably think so. We have done consistent podcasts every Sunday for as long as I can remember. And the starting the starting weekend, the the stars is pistol and literally none of us could be here on the Sunday. <laughs> not one of us could be bothered to, to make it. So we're doing it Monday night at eleven thirty.
1: Yeah, we were a little bit too smug about how we were the only rugby podcast doing it right through the summer and then first weekend Phil is, I mean Phil's not here. Where where is he still? He's in
0: He's He's in a villa somewhere. He's in some shared villa of hell with four of the couples. I, I can't think of anything worse. Guys, it sounds like a, a, plot, a, party. a plot of a
1: Hollywood movie, swingers party type thing. Mm. And, uh, and you are looking groggy after uh, some time in Italy, JB. Yeah,
0: no, I went to Italy for a weekend. Didn't see any rugby. Here's a serious point now, a real serious point. We're busy talking in this country, especially among the powers that be, about growing the great game of rugby. Would it not be easier to grow the great game of rugby if something like the Premiership, which is by far the world's best competition when it comes to, domestic, um, to a domestic spectacle, to be able to actually watch it in the countries that we're targeting? Italy has a Six Nations team. It has two teams in the Pro 12, Pro 14. Um, and yet you cannot watch Premiership rugby in Italy for love nor money. You cannot see it on, on BT Sport you cannot find it on, on YouTube. You cannot find it on a Facebook Live page. You cannot watch the world's best league in Italy. So if you're listening to prim- Premiership Rugby or whoever makes these decisions, this is utterly moronic. It's stupid. <laughs> it is stupid that you can't watch the world's best league in a country you're meant to, devel- meant to be developing. That's probably the reason that Italy are still so bad at rugby and no one cares, because they can't watch <laughs> this. The only TV deal they've got is to watch, um, I was going to say erroneous, they don't even exist, Treviso. And Zebra on Sky Italia. Those, that's what they watch. I love the fact that's that. That's
1: it. I love the fact that you went away on this uh, family trip to Italy, and had you been able to watch the rugby, you would have sat inside watching
0: rugby all weekend. I would have watched at least three games. I took my iPad to the beach. I, um, <laughs> I took it away with me. Uh, it, it came everywhere, uh, as even in a barbecue, trying to download some illegal <laughs> thing, whilst. Um, you know, uh, you know, celebrating the in the pre-wedding party. So, you know, there is a serious point here. You want to grow the game, make sure people can watch the damn game when they're, when they're away, particularly if it's somewhere that we want to, you know, want to develop and reach new markets.
1: Amen, amen. So, uh, Phil isn't here, which means the podcast is going to be lacking in statistical fact. So, I thought maybe we could start by trying to throw some facts together to give it some semblance of, of Phil being here so oh i no. here's a fact uh, beno abano's quads are outrageous he's massive isn't he he's a ridiculous specimen and cuz i was at the i was working at the leicester bath game what what you notice is his waist is really small mm. but his legs are ju- it's just I, I don't know how he runs or moves at all so there's a fact beno Obano is has um,
0: he's the quadzilla of the Premiership. Yeah, you could have given me some um, some advanced knowledge, uh, some advanced knowledge, some advanced warning that you wanted me to uh, make up some facts. Well, uh, I'll give you one. Yeah, go on. I think Mark Atkinson is a wizard. Oh go on! Uh, just watching him play, uh, he is so so good. Uh, he sausage legs. Yeah. Good old sausage legs. Just uh, always always getting his hands free. Um, j- it just seems to be in. It just seems to be involved in everything good that Gloucester does. Well,
1: do you know what? Just before we get into any sort of specifics, I think you've already hit upon one fact. The uh, Premiership, the Avicii Premiership, is the premier domestic rugby competition.
0: Yeah, it's not even close. There isn't even even a close second.
1: It was so good this weekend. I think this goes across the board, though. I think the, there's, again, We let's keep our powder dry a little bit and make our mind up on this maybe after the first six rounds of matches but it's looking like the law variations are potentially going to have a really positive impact on the way that teams are approaching playing the rugby
0: that's interesting in what respect because i've not picked up on this
1: well so uh the law variations in that now for example um a tackler can't stand up and play the ball there is now an offside line. You have to go back round your own side. So it gives the impetus to the attacking side. Mm. Um, you can't kick the ball out of rucks anymore. So those two things, for example, mean that a lot more defences are kind of fanning out and there's a lot of much quicker ball, um, which attacks are using. Well, uh, scrums are being less used as a, as a, as a weapon to try and win penalties because basically if the ball's anywhere near the back of the scrum and then it collapses, they just play on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Do you know what? I'm not a fan of not being able to kick the ball through the ruck, which sounds like it's a bit of a weird position to hold. But when you kick the ball through a ruck, what you effectively do is create chaos for both sides. I think in a time when defences are so structured, I mean, actually this week they weren't, and we'll get on to that later, but that kicking through, yeah, you think is an advantage to the team which have kicked through. But if you look at something like the Gloucester game, where that last try came from basically a drop ball or actually it came from some form of kicking the ball through a ruck because they went into a ruck and just squirted it out and then they scored.
1: I think the kicking just shoving your, shoving your size 12 in there and trying to or size fourteens in the case of some of these boys um, shoving them in there and just trying to boot the ball I just think it's a bit negative and I, I think um, the the ruck area looked a lot cleaner and simpler and I like the fact they've employed a bit of the, the perspective you talk about trying to grow the game, it feels like the law variations that they've brought in are around making it more understandable and simpler and less of these Mm -hmm. different nuances. Like, again, it's just a, a tackle, there's an offside line. Even if you're the tackler, whereas before you could get up and there was no offside line, you could play the ball straight away, now you have to get back around your own side it just makes it more consistent across the board that that um, Italy can't do what they did mm. uh, in that Six Nations game in February as a result that they've made an offside line even if there's no defensive player in a ruck so it's, I think, all good on the law variations and hopefully it continues and there's loads
0: of tries. Well watch this space I think the teams that will benefit most from this will be Saracens, Worcester and Newcastle because I, I think I said it last year with defences continually improving, and they, you know, as I said before, they had a bit of a ropey start th- this week. On a plastic pitch, with very few errors, one of the few ways you can get the ball off the opposition is to actually jackal. So I think these guys are in a much better situation than they mm. were before. But we will see. We will see. Uh, one
1: um, fact as well, I think we can say fact, After Clerk has the most uh, Prince Char- uh, Disney Prince Charming hair of, of, of anyone in uh, in world rugby, L- luscious hair. <laughs> uh, I actually saw
0: him last week. I had a little chat with him uh, down <laughs> down at Sale. Thank you. Uh, and then I brought it up immediately with Dave Seal I said, Dave, you you, you um, you're a little bit jealous of what hair? He's he no, no. I've, uh, I've done that before. He said, Yeah, but his is much, much blonder. Yeah, to much which, blonder. To which you talk exception.
1: Yeah. And and Faaf the clerk's hair is more wavy. Dave Seymour d- just had straight hair and he had to tie it in a top knot. Yeah. he might have had the first top knot in in rugby. Dave Seymour. He was ahead of his time in that in that sense. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've noticed Ross Harrison from Sale Sharks is growing his hair out. I think he he might be taking inspiration. It's not, from... it's not good for props, is it? <laughs> it's really not.
0: It's really not. You've got to have a certain build. Props don't suit top knots No. or long hair. Well, no. Dude. Some props look good with long hair. Monopola looks great with long hair. Yeah. It looks like a barbarian. But trendy but, uh, long hair is no, no good. Not, you, not for a prop.
1: Yeah, props, look, props need to look like props. Max Laheef is a disgrace to props. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, there we go. Um, so, takeaways from
0: the weekend. What did you think was the... What was your, what was your highlight, JB? God, there's so many. There's so yeah. many takeaways from this. Um, Gloucester is an awesome place to start the year. Uh, it was awesome last year it's awesome this this year i wonder if that i wonder if that should be mandated that every year they've got to go <laughs> to gloucester on a friday night because it it's just right the crowd is right the yeah. atmosphere is right it was simply superb um signings don't necessarily mean you're going to win games yeah that is, that's a big one big one for me so yeah, so right. struggled um and they're not really signings they are guys coming back from injury but um Forward to a Alanghi to Miraxis did not fire. Um, yeah, so th- those would be my two, be my two things. Uh, signings not particularly doing well. I tell you who did do well, very well, was, uh, was Newcastle. And they didn't really use as many of their new signings as they possibly could have.
1: Yeah, when you looked at that team on, on, on paper, you thought, oh, that's a bit, I'm not sure about that new- uh, Newcastle team. And it was a bit the same with Bath, to be honest. Oh,
0: completely! I looked at that Bath team and I thought second rate. Yeah, completely second rate. Uh, and I kind of think that's probably why they did a number on Tigers. I think Tigers went out there a little bit arrogant to start with. And It wasn't until they conceded four four tries. I thought, oh, I'm sorry, uh, best if we best if we stop playing now. Yeah, um, we can
1: get into the specifics of a bit more. Um, our, my highlight of the weekend was London Irish. Yep. Oh man, you know who I, is that six? Is it Coman? Coman. I told you about him last the week. Beast. Told you about him last week on the podcast. You should listen more. Oh, he hits hard. Yeah, he was brilliant in the championship last year, and uh, absolutely a beast of a guy. I just, I've got a man crush on Blair Cowan. I, I have done for quite some time. The guy is just a, a total headhunter. Like if, um, yeah, if, if, if today's laws. Yeah. If there was a, if there was a zombie apocalypse, like you, you you'd want to be in his gang. Yeah, there
0: is something pretty cool about the guy who's worked consistently hard, continued to produce the goods, gone down, come back up, and is still pretty good. I like that.
1: He's he's very good. So uh, I was absolutely buzzing that London Irish won that and the way they played. Like, like yeah, um, Nick Kennedy is taken to it like a duck to water. Yeah, he is. He? He's just uh, what I liked most was after the win, he was just so low key. He wasn't like, yeah, we're really delighted, we won. It's like, yeah, okay, good, yeah, we won. And that, and there was a pre-season game, London-Irish were the better side against Harlequins, but I think I, along with most people, probably thought, oh yeah, but that's just pre-season. Um, but London-Irish, yeah, shit, well, they've just got a really good, gnarly, horrible pack. And uh, yeah, that, that, that was the basis of it. It was quite old school in that sense. Same way that... Bath won the game, so I was absolutely buzzing for London Irish, and I'm ap- apologise that I um I called them as um comfortable relegation. I said no, I said it'd be relatively close, much closer than previous years. But
0: well, um, looking at just this week alone, you got to say Worcester must must be be uh, must be pulled pull, pull, pull yeah. pull into that race. You know, week one, London Irish look dynamite, and Worcester really really. Uh, well, I level. don't
1: know how bad were Quinns though. That's the thing; they were so
0: poor. Yeah, do you know they do you know they pay Jamie Roberts three hundred eighty thousand pounds a year? That is a huge amount of money to be playing, now, paying for a guy who. Uh, you hear loads
1: of figures about uh, players, and I can believe that. That sounds about right. But um, it does sound like. Right. Are these All official right. and out there, or is this is this kind of when you hear these numbers because none get published or said, do they?
0: No, it's it, it, be, it is about that. Yeah. Uh, Reasonably good source. Yeah, uh, I mean, even if I mean, what else could it be? In fairness, when you sign a guy like that from from France, who's an international, who who was a lion, and this was two years ago, yeah. and as much as I love Jamie Roberts, I'm on record as you know, my 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 man love for Jamie Roberts is is intense, particularly when he plays plays for Wales and how he plays. Yeah, but he as well as a couple of things. He doesn't strike me as a ho- a typical Harlequins player, and also. Is that what Harlequins need? A three hundred eighty thousand pound inside centre, who plays at one speed, doesn't it strike me as the best signing.
1: No, again, you've said it before. If you were money balling, like it used to be the case, and maybe it still is the case to some degree, that you you spend more on your tighter prop and your flight. Well, it used to be flight uh, tighter prop. Now it's moved to fly half, hasn't it? Yeah. But you're right. Probably second rows and inside centres aren't worth being your biggest well it depends what type of inside centre
0: yeah do you know I, I, worry, I really worry for Quinns I really do um, they just seem a bit soft now whether this will change like it did last year because it does remind me of last year they got lucky to beat Bristol and then they went back to the stoop and in the stoop they were formidable I'm not sure they lost all lo- lost all season they certainly beat teams like Saracens yeah there. they did but you know they, this this can't continue, and it feels like a bit of a hangover from last year. They win some incredible games, and then they will drop points where it's just unnecessary. And this is definitely one one of those games. They should have been ready. They've got enough quality. Marcus Smith doesn't look like he's quite ready for Premiership rugby yet. Uh, this could be a really really challenging year.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, th- I th- I'm looking at the. Just on the basis of one week, and again, it's easy to jump to conclusions. But I think this could be the biggest. I think there could be a gap opening up between the top four and everyone else, pretty mm, much. Even, top
0: three. Just, who, who's
1: the who's the four, who's the team that's dropping out of the top four for you?
0: Um, whoever whoever was fourth place. I think Bath Leicester. beating Bath beating Leicester was very telling. Now, Leicester came back into it ferociously, but ultimately. They also played a team with, who only had uh, 14 men. They had 13 men at one point, and they still didn't get it done. And this is with all the signings, uh, all the Rasmus has at home, first home game of the season. You would expect better. And opposite them is a the bad team, as we said before, who I don't think look particularly good. And between the two, and between the two things there, it just doesn't bode well. Now, the, what, the worrying thing for Tigers is, is this for them is as good as it gets in terms of personnel and setup. They will not put out a stronger team than that all year. Uh, maybe Malouf doesn't play on the wing. Yeah, I was going to say that that's
1: much. definitely one learn. It's being quick isn't enough to uh, to make you an effective. There's a big difference between sevens and fifteens. And you see that going the other direction. There's very few, few players, maybe only Leonie Nakarawa, who can just seamlessly jump between the two. And maybe it was slightly naive to think Nick Malouf would just... Oh, yeah. just hop straight into 15s and, um, and be able to manage it. So I, I feel a little bit sorry for him that he was badly out of position for the, for Banahan streaking down the touchline.
0: Yeah, he was. And also he was, on, um, he was on the scene for a try, but I think Harry Thacker threw it on the floor. Yeah. I mean, there were loads of examples of Tigers just not executing. I, mean, that's before I felt that they looked a bit arrogant coming into the game. But if you think about all the quality that, that they have in that starting lineup, and they failed to win, um, on the wings, outside of their first choice, who is Brady and May? By the way, May is a good signing. May looked so, so busy. He looked he looked like he had signed and he wanted to make a difference immediately. Right, by the way, brilliant, actually. Uh,
1: he, demonstration of his gas, when he made up a good 10 or 15 metres on Goony, he who, is. You didn't manage to get him still, but, but yeah, he's got proper gas.
0: Yeah, and he was playing with some real hearts. Yeah. But if you take out uh, Johnny May... Your your wing options are two fairly established guys in Tom Brady, who's an excellent player <laughs> and um Tomston. After that it's Maloof and the guy called Jonah Holmes. I think Jonah Holmes is the one. Yeah. I mean, with the greatest respect, who are they? You know, the 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 lack of the lack of depth at Tigers would be what worries me. The starting fifteen is awesome. After that, they're really kind of looking about I mean, their second string centres are Gareth Evans from, from Scarlet's who, and uh, Matty, uh, is Matty Smith?
1: Matt Smith, yeah, yeah.
0: Not a premiership centre pairing. Uh, mm. Or at least not a consistent one.
1: Then you might have said that about, um, you might have said that about Bath, Max Clark. You might might have gone, oh, Max Clark, he was good under-20s player a couple of years ago, he's promising. By the way, um, he, it's come to light that he has a Welsh mother. He does. And he was invited to go and travel with Wales and on the tour in the summer he turned it down and he he said a couple of times he's not interested in playing for Wales oh wow which isn't which I find quite refreshing he's basically I mean maybe he'll change his mind I I understand wanting to play international rugby but he's he doesn't identify as being Welsh and therefore said no I I don't want to whereas one bit of news coming out is that Carl Ferns wants to play for France
0: yeah I've heard this a few times actually it's a nonsense. Can't happen. He, I think he played for England in South Africa, so you know this is this is just media chat. There is no way. What well, he...
1: media chat coming from him?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he said this to me himself. Yeah. But he's also told me he's played for the Saxons, so it's just it's just an isn't it's a non-starter.
1: Well, he he went so far as to say, oh, there's a couple of issues, there's a couple of things I need to do like play for the sevens team, which I want to see that happen. I want him to play to, for France purely so I can see him trying to play sevens this because is... he is the one of I mean a, an awesome back row player don't get me wrong but he is not built for sevens it would be hilarious watching him getting run around
0: yeah um, this simply isn't happening I mean uh, yeah you're right about the well, sevens thing well
1: France have brought in their new um, laws anyway on you have a French passport Um uh,
0: maybe he, maybe he might apply for one.
1: yeah
0: I mean yeah, I guess he likes it out there. Um, he isn't playing for France. It will never, in a million years, happen. He's he's played for the Saxons. That's his second senior team. Rules are rules. It, this is laws are laws. Laws are laws. I mean, this <laughs> is just so. It's just a complete non-starter. So why is he bringing it up then? I got no idea. It's because he got interviewed by the Mail. I think the Daily Mail did a big feature on him. And it must have just popped up, but this isn't this isn't serious. It's not true.
1: And what he said about uh, Gavin Henson and and that night, it, it, he was asked about that in the same interview, and he said um, uh, that after he'd clocked Henson and laid him out in that pub in Bath, he he then actually spent some time with him when he was sober and realised that Big Gav's a top bloke, quite a nice guy. He said if he'd met him sober before he met, it was the first time he'd met him was he was on the beers. He just obviously he's said Gavin's a, a different man when he's had a few beers.
0: He has got a horrific record on the beers, <laughs> he Gavin does, Henson. So. Doesn't
1: he? We've all got a mate like that, though. It's it a up. liability.
0: I'll beat you in five yards of space, kind of guy. After, yeah, you know, uh, exactly. After three pints. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. Do you want to go back and talk about some of the weekend's games? Yeah. Which Which one do you fancy? Um.
1: So well, I I can summarise a couple of them. So yeah, were you working this
0: weekend? Uh, Leicester Bath. Oh, were you? Yeah. How was the atmosphere after the loss?
1: Um. Well, it, it's difficult to tell because the the last ten minutes were absolutely electric atmosphere as yeah, Leicester were. made their comeback. But it was just deathly quiet in the first half, and that that says everything about Bath. I actually thought Reece Priestland and Chris Cook had. G- brilliant games. Isn't that strange? Yeah? They totally controlled with the, the kicking game, completely controlled it. And and with all the law variations and all the tries that we saw, I thought it was really good to see a little bit of old school rugby, a bit of territorial play winning the day and um, Priestland outclassing Ford. We did not see that as a storyline.
0: No, we didn't. Um, did it feel like it looked, which were a lot more up for it?
1: Uh, oh yeah, their their desire and hunger was like defensively. They were just on it. They they were flying out the line, massive hits, and they were also they clearly done it with George Ford, not in an illegal manner, but they basically gone if it's if you have the opportunity to hit him legally, even if he's just passed the ball, mm. just hit him. Yeah, and I and guess they, this... they, they they really did that of quite a few times. Just hit him just after he passed the ball.
0: And I guess for them. George Ford isn't that scary, I mean yeah, they sure they know he's good, but they know everything there is to know about him,:
1: Yeah,, I just think that they yeah, and maybe they knew that you can you can rattle him or you can mm. knock him off his game a little bit, and um
0: I, yeah, so it was great. I tell you one of the more impactful games of the weekend, yeah, Saracen's Northampton.
1: Oh my God, wow. What 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 is Scout Brits thinking about retiring? At
0: the he's, end of the 30, season? he's a 36-year-old hooker. It's outrageous. It's outrageous.
1: I looked into it as well because you, you're right, and it is outra- It's also outrageous that he he's only ever had repla- ten replacement caps at international level. The talent of that man deserves so much more. I suppose it's South Africa when he's had uh,
0: Bismarck Duplessis and John Smith. Yeah, Bismarck or can't can't do that stuff. It's unreal. Yeah, uh, right man, wrong time, wrong international oh, side.
1: But not even him. Vincent Cock, wow. yeah, The skills of the, uh, um, with with no exaggeration, I think the Saracens' front row would have been better than Northampton's 10, 12, 13 if they'd just put them in there.
0: Oh, well, I'm glad you brought up. Does Jim Mullender feel a little bit like Orson Wenger?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a really good shout. Yeah, that's a really good shout.
0: It, it started last season. The Rotters crept in and they just... Started they last it. season?
1: I, th- I think more than that. Well, actually, no, I think last season Northampton finished... Did they finish just outside the... They got I'm in the sure. top six. They got top six, didn't they? Or did they win their playoff?
0: So, you just... Well, you've got to remember...
1: But their defence kept them in it.
0: Yeah. So, last year... They and didn't do and too, King Louis. They didn't do too well. I think the year before that, they might be in top four, I'm not sure. It was only like, three or four, what three or four years ago that they won the whole thing. Four,
1: four, uh, four years, twenty thirteen was it? Yeah, yeah, twenty thirteen they won it, and they haven't. They've, they've, ugh, I. We've said it a load of times. They've over-invested in players over past their prime, and not cut people loose. They've, they've not recruited. Their backline's been a mess.
0: I mean, they're not afraid to spend the money. Um, but I mean, this I mean this year the boy no one Pierce Francis to me isn't a tr- tr- isn't a terrific signing. I mean he's a guy who didn't play particularly well at Edinburgh, um, went to the Blues and did all right. But you know that's a lot that's a lot of pressure on on a, on a guy who's fairly unproven.
1: Dan Bigger, that's a better signing, but that's next year.
0: Yeah. Uh, so well, yeah, why bring in a fly half now and then another one next year? Yeah. And well, then we'll
1: see. Well, I, I reckon just on the kit alone, Dan Bigger will will turn down. Uh, going to Northampton. Yeah, that stash is horrific. Signed?
0: I don't know what there's like some pre contract agreement yeah, or something. I, I that don't
1: got. I, I don't know what's going on there, but um woeful absolutely woeful. Harry Mallander, not, not a ten.
0: Not a ten. Not a ten. An amazing twelve, not a ten.
1: Potentially an amazing twelve. Uh, no,
0: I, I think he's genuinely already an outstanding twelve. Um yeah, you're right there. And their defence I mean their rock defence at times was so shambolic. There was, uh, I can't remember which try, which of the 20 tries that Saracen scored now. But, you know, all Was it, of, was it only 20? Uh, 25, maybe. God. Yeah. Um, they, all run, they all run to the breakdown. They dived in the breakdown and there's no guards, no bodyguards. No, none of the, like, just the, just the basic um, rough defence. Everything they did was, it was just poor. The defence in, in particular <laughs> was just poor. When, when have you heard before uh,
1: a commentator doing the summary into, the, into half-time of a match... And he, Ali Eakin, I think he, I think it was a pretty fair description. He just said, um, seven tries for Saracens at Northampton have had their pants pulled down, bosh, into the break. That was the last line.
0: Yeah. Can you clarify something for me? Are Northampton a full-time professional team? Um, I believe they are. Uh, because they didn't look like it? No. Uh,
1: what, what do you do? God, what do you do? Well, they've got Leicester at home.
0: Yeah. Again, they'll... we
1: could be talking something completely different. Remember, like again, ten ten games into last season, we were saying Exeter Chiefs. Well, they're going to struggle to make the top four. Mm. They're not looking like a top six side at the moment, and they won it. So, but
0: worrying times. Interesting fact of the day. Oh, go on. Uh, well, kind of. If you like A League, and I was I was watching some of the A League highlights on my phone. I wanted to go to Haywood Road today and watch Sale Jets play, but daycare, uh, daddy daycare, or I suppose childcare duties. Um, do you know who's playing on the wing for Northampton tonight? At Sale, in front yes, of three people. I do. George North. I know. I saw that. that have been great, great to go and watch that George North versus Josh Charnley in front of three people and a dog.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's the it's AJ Bell attendance. Oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah, two yeah. people
0: and a dog for the A League games. It's probably more actually. Uh, yeah, that 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 been quite quite the sight to go and watch this evening. Yeah,
1: um, but Saracens, oh my. God. Goodness, again, it's hard to judge. We got a, we got to temper it because it's only a game in, and it, was it. How much was it that Northampton were just terrible? Didn't have any hunger and appetite, and that's with Dylan Hartley in their side, the England captain who they were talking about. Cap, he's Northampton captain again. And Is were, he? Yeah, he's Northampton captain again. And no. Were, and they were talking about him reinstilling the kind of hunger, and you just saw no
0: hunger. To, to be fair, I've kind of spoken to people around the camp. Uh, you know, quite honestly. And in the pre season, it's not that exciting. I mean, there's lots of like no egos and, you know, mm. genuine uh, lads who moved there who were genuinely impressed with the culture, with the work ethic. So to go out and just get destroyed like that, it must be so disappointing for them.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's talk of Alex Lozovsky leaving at the end of the season. Owen Farrell signed a new five year contract at Saracens. Mm-hmm. So Alex Lazovsky whose contract runs out at the end of this season, is looking, thinking, well, how much game time am I going to get?
0: Well, that's the deal, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that is exactly why he's there, to back up Owen Farrell.
1: Yeah, but he's, his progression's been a lot quicker than anyone realised, mm. and he looks absolutely class. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him go back to Wasps. I think that'd be a great fit. They, they didn't want him to go. Sippers, his contract's up at the end of this season. No, I've got
0: a better one for you than that. Go on. So the reason, that allegedly, he's in Saracens is because he wanted to wanted to stay in London. Coventry isn't for him. Big City boy. Now, across the way, you've got this mixture of Kachkalis, no, who no one has seen yet. You've got Tim Schwiel, whom we you know about him, reasonable. And you've got Marcus Smith, who just received an absolute hiding. Now, Marcus Smith might be really good eventually. Kachkalis might be really good when he finally plays. But that sounds like it would suit all parties.
1: Completely. Well, I can't think of a team that wouldn't take Luzovski.
0: Yeah, but you've got to think of teams who have already got established guys. Bristol, they, they, maybe, because they've got, they've got the cash,
1: maybe they'd and, splash on him.
0: And they, well, yeah, they've already got Madigan. He, 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 he will not be cheap.
1: Co- so Coventry doesn't suit Lazowski. He wants the, he wants he want, the big he, city lifestyle. Exactly.
0: So with that in mind, he's only got really a choice of London Irish or... Quins. Quins. Or he just stays as the understudy to Owen Farrell. Now, the interesting thing about Saracens for me... And this is in the news. I don't know if we spoke about it, actually. How are they going to get all these lads back in under the cap? Yeah,
1: well, it's something we touched on before, actually. Mark McCall raised something that kind of we ended up having a conversation about recently where he said he feels like Saracens are being, uh, or some recognition should be made for the fact that Saracens are producing, developing and investing in these young players. And then because they've done such a good job at it, they're not going to be able to afford to keep them
0: yeah that's uh, and I, exactly right. do you
1: know what some people have gone oh whinging Saracens and what, what you're moaning about um, and, and Saracens have brought a little bit on that themselves with their indiscretions with salary caps in the past
0: yeah uh, look there's so a salary cap it's there for a reason stick to it lads uh, and, if, and if you stick to it and everyone else sticks to it all you can do is pay your players their market their market value it won't in relation to in relation to the sal- to the salary cap,
1: but take their second row uh, as one an example.
0: Going, one of them's going to go.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. But t- take their second row for example. You need three. You, you need four really good second rows, and in the last few years, Saracens Academy has produced George Cruz, Maru Itoji and Nick Izikwe.
0: Well, that's this. three England internationals. Well, that is what they need to do, isn't it? They need to carry on producing so they can let the senior guys go i mean that's it's harsh, but that's what you've got to do it's like that's what the Welsh regions should be doing instead of bringing guys back you need to be producing more to replace the guys that replace the guys that leave and that 's the only way you can do it because you can sign kids for a lot less you can get than you can sign seasoned internationals mm and and it does work like i say you know, no, Cruz, Cruz,
1: i I get it does work, but you would be uh, you'd feel really hard you'd feel really uh well, you wouldn't want to lose those guys yeah. like you've brought them up from the, from the age of who knows 13 14 years of age you've you've had your coaches working with them they've they've played for you and then you can't afford to keep them and and that will happen in some cases but i do think that some recognition of
0: yeah they uh, have, producing a they uh, can players. have a reasonable amount of cap relief for homegrown players and it works oh, that's it.
1: well and and working backwards what what's the ultimate goal England winning, the, England winning a World Cup or any nation winning a World Cup, it works. Who, it, it helps that ultimate aim. Who would you keep? Itoji or Cruz?
0: Oh, or oh, Maro. Mar- Do you know why I wouldn't keep Maro? Because he's be so bloody expensive. Maro, and by the way, if he ends up being the first million pound player, that is one of the most stupid moves ever because a second row. As good as he is, should not be signed as the Premiership's first million-pound player. If, if that ever comes to fruition, if they get
1: like a percentage of image rights, then they'll make it back in no time.
0: And now, this is my this is kind of my point: is they sh- the rugby team should be paying for the rugby skills. The image rights stuff should be carved off, and then the player should manage that separately. Meaning they can accept a, a smaller deal, but actually get more get more money. Just like they do in the NFL. The image rights are not owned by the team, they're owned by the player. They're owned by, by the team, they're missing out on a huge amount of cash.
1: Mm, well, Marrow's doing very, very well. Nice, Adi- nice uh, Adidas contract and uh, lovely, what was that? What I keep, every time I watch Sky Sports News, I keep seeing him pop up on an advert, sat next to a dog on a bench. Yeah, oh, what's that? Just smiling, I don't know. I don't know, someone will let me know what it is. is that rugby podcast on Twitter. Tell you what?
0: what, when they take him over to the United States, he is going to be a huge draw. Mm-hmm. He's he's going to be the guy that Premiership rugby just roll out uh, and gets all, all 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 the attention. And rightly so. Yeah. So, uh,
1: so Saracens looked imperious, like scary how good they looked. Um, Newcastle, yeah. We ne- just how how exciting to see them and their continued rise. I really really would love to see them not even break, more than break into the top six i i don't know on on the strength of a game could they be the potential fourth team are they, are they are they the...
0: I tend to think not yeah I tend to think not uh, i mean the strength works in their favor lack of in calls make you know really work in their favor uh, and actually the plastic pitch works in their favor I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting moving parts there, but ultimately, you've got to be used to winning. Uh, it's got to be a habit, and I don't think they're quite there.
1: What? But who uh, knows? What do you reckon? then? Uh, well, that there has been a rumour of the next Premiership club getting a plastic pitch. Have you heard? Who? Who would you like to have a plastic pitch next? I'd, I'd like
0: Sales to have a, a, a plastic pitch. Uh, Gloucester. Oh. Which will
1: make it four plastic pitches in the Avicii Premiership.
0: Well, they definitely work. That, that's... That's for sure,
1: yeah,
0: I read an a, a pretty funny article in the um uh, in, in the national press a, a few maybe a few years ago. Do you know when something new happens, anything new, and they immediately try and find something which um you know which means that this thing can now be rubbish, can now be consigned to the scrap heap um apparently the do you know the little rubber crumb things uh, yeah, if you eat too many of them, you die who <laughs> who who knew? Who knew?
1: I want to see labo- the laboratory test of that. It was the poor, it was the poor sod. You had some, right? Yeah, we'll pay eat you, him. you poor student. Yeah, we'll give you, we'll give you a grand. You've got to eat that bowl of rubber crumb.
0: Yeah, and just carry on eating really until you die. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you if you do die, we'll come back on uh, on plastic pictures. We'll we'll uh, we'll go from there. R- ridiculous. And
1: what's the what's the coaching point there? Don't eat the rubber crumb.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, don't eat rubber crumb, and you'll be and you'll be absolutely fine. Plastic pitches are, are not per- perfectly safe. <laughs> uh,
1: when are you looking at doing it for um next season? Apparently,
0: wow, yeah, I'd like to see the AJ Bell with a plastic pitch. In fact, I'd like to see most of them with a with a plastic pitch.
1: Well, I wonder how Jack Knowles' knees will uh, get on with that because, mind you, they've come on a lot, and the Worcester one's brilliant. It's um, it's got I can't remember what it was. It's got like a it's it's more like mud than than the saracens one was when it was laid and
0: ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30 percent off the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a
1: science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com to get 30%
0: off select lab grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Yeah, I've heard that the I've heard that the, the, the Worcester one is excellent, actually. Hmm, interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, the other things I noticed from the weekend in the Avicii Premiership, I love the look of of Balavu, for Wasps.
0: Yeah, I didn't even know who. I mean, was he at Toulon? Is that where he's come from?
1: Uh, okay see. I don't know. He's class. I can't remember. He, he the, the little step and give to Alex Reader. He's um, it's yeah, he just looks classy, and the. That's what's frightening. That, you talked about the lack of depth at Leicester. That's what I really like about Wasps. Die Young has built this squad deliberately, so he's got two really good players, at least, in every position.
0: Yeah, I was kind of wrong about uh, about them uh, for this for this week. Oh, no. Look, I said... I predicted the game right. I got the result wrong. I said that Sale would score 30 points. They did score 30 points. just happens that Wasps scored 50.
1: 55, yeah. 55-35 or whatever it was. Terrifying. Yeah. uh, When was that
0: time you saw a scrum half player like Dan Robson?
1: Right. I I, I want to talk about Dan Robson. How... I'm not saying this off the back of four tries. We've been saying it for a couple of years. How is he not further up Eddie Jones' pecking order?
0: I can only assume... um, This is a massive assumption, but I can only assume that Eddie Jones must place a lot of emphasis on the team. When I say on the team, like... The uh, settled combinations, settled per, per personnel. That's the only thing I can possibly imagine it is. Yeah, because uh, he doesn't have any huge deficiencies in his game.
1: He's uh, so he's a but he's a, he's better than Danny Care.
0: Yeah, he's basically the player Danny Care should be. Right, that's what Danny Care brings. You know, a bit of zip, a bit of uh, a bit of running game. That's exactly what Dan Robson does. But better, maybe.
1: Yeah, I mean, but when when the England squad was wide, you know, the large training squad was announced and Jack Maunder was in it and Dan Robson isn't. We raised our eyebrows then, not because we don't think Jack Maunder's got a lot of promise. We do, but it's... It just it just seems, again, off the back of four tries, maybe it clouds your judgment a little bit more, but it just, it just doesn't,
0: it defies logic. Well, it does feel like the England team has picked sort of... In, you got to be in a category of player, so you have got your senior guys, and it's you know you can be however how however old you want. You you in this you know you in you know you 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 a senior bloke like a, like a Mike Brown, who must be like what thirty one thirty two yeah? today. Oh, happy birthday, Mike Brown. That's absolutely fine. Picking Mike Brown means there's probably no room for a Alex for an Alex Good, so they'll look for someone younger, and I think that's probably what's going on with Robson. Robson is. A bit younger than um, Danny Kerr. But fundamentally, he's challenging for a senior role. Whereas someone like Maunder is more of a development player. So, you know, if one of if one of the senior guys was, was to be let go, it'd have to be Danny Kerr.
1: I get it. but I understand that. But it, it, particularly, as Eddie Jones has said, he will be leaving the England job after the Japan World Cup. Whether that's true or not, we'll wait and see. But mm. that's what he said. And if that's the case... And regardless... His one and his one only job is to win the World Cup. Yeah. So so don't,
0: don't worry about who's going to be the scrum half in seven years' time. I have sympathy with that. Okay, But there's two things which I'd counter it with. Number one, when England won the World Cup last time, there was then one of the most barren periods in English rugby history. And you could argue it took all the way up to Stuart Lancaster and beyond to get over it. Because and the argument would be, they put so much effort into that group group of players. There was nothing underneath it. None of the lads, like the David Barnes era, were getting enough caps or enough exposure to international rugby to carry on the success once the Martin Johnsons and co. had all and and all retired. And I have some sympathy with that. And on the flip side, uh, and the other part of this is, if you look at someone like New Zealand, well, they are bringing lads through who you think that guy's not. That guy's not an international. And then all of a sudden, you know, Sam Kane has got 50-odd 50, uh, 50 caps. Uh, McCaw's retired, and he's one of the best sevens in the world. So I can see the logic, and it's very, uh, it's very generous of Eddie Jones to be building a house for, house for the next guy, if that is indeed what, what, what he's doing. I tend to agree with you, Tim. You know, if you want to win the World Cup, just pick the, pick the best lads, and Robson is definitely... One of the best lads.
1: Well, All right, so so I, I do have sympathy with exactly what you're saying, but what I would... And if it was a clear run thing that Dan Robson is a clear third or fourth choice, actually, or fourth choice, let's say, as he clearly thinks he is, at least fourth choice, because um, he's got pick three senior guys above him. If it was a clear fourth choice and there was clear water between him and the others, then I'd say, actually, I've got no problem with Jack Maunder being developed or whoever mm. else. But... He's not. He's not a clear fourth choice.
0: No, it's weird. It's he, when, when sh- he should they? be
1: challenging for a bench
0: spot. When do they reannounce the train the training squad? It must be soon, mustn't it? Has to be. If if he makes it, it'll be very interesting. Yeah. I've got a feeling he won't. But he
1: well he was interviewed after the game after scoring four tries, and uh, he he, he joked and said uh, I'll be on the phone to
0: Eddie. know so, uh, not not a joke. I would co- if I scored four tries. I wouldn't let Eddie call me. I'd call Eddie. I would call him right there and then. Like, I should have a spot though. Yeah. Right now.
1: Well, what's your address? I want to make sure I send you a, a copy of the game. Did yeah, you see it? Have you watched it? Exactly. Oh, High,
0: yeah. hi- highlight video. Um, let's talk. Come on. What are we in now? Forty-three minutes and not spoke about sale. How? <laughs> uh, what so, a disappointing start. Eh?
1: Yeah. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. Um, it, yeah. It was poor.
0: Um, poor us as well the most disappointing okay so they basically did kind of what Leicester did in terms of they just played everyone who was new immediately or everyone back in, in, who was back healthy immediately Johnny Ross looked like uh, it looked like Premiership Rugby was a complete shock to, to him I've tipped this guy to be a bit of a household name by the end of the season I think he's going to make a huge impact not on the evidence of what I saw on Saturday um Fafta Clerk, I'm not sure he should have been playing. He was actually all right.
1: Second half, but more so, he 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 did add a bit of pace and stuff, and I think he's going to be a really good signing. But he uh, it was probably just the combinations and you being used to his teammates. But he was he was he looked he looked like Billy Twelve Trees. He was doing like missed threes into touch.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a problem. He plays in a certain way, and you've got to be used to playing with him. So I guess get. Um, you know, take take your, lumps, take your lumps early. But there'd be nothing wrong with playing Will Cliff, who is a fine, fine scrum half in his own right, and then introducing Fafter Clerk slowly. Not to mention he's just had a full season of Super Rugby behind him. So it didn't make much sense Which to me. That, London Irish
1: are, are doing with their scrum halves. The, M- McKibben and me are, are going to be their one and two. But Scott Steele started at the weekend. A yeah, guy yeah. that's been around. So maybe there's... Actually, maybe that's the sort of biggest, broadest takeaway is the the there's a lot of really, really good players that have joined the the Avicii Premiership. The clubs that used them all Yeah didn't it didn't click. yeah, uh, Leicester yeah. Sale. I'm trying to think, did Gloucester chuckle their new guys in? No,
0: Ackerman was on the bench. Yeah. Owen Williams didn't didn't play. Didn't play. Um Balmain did play.
1: Bal- yeah, Balmain played and um uh Bal- Woodward. Bal-
0: Val Reparver-Ruskin... Um, where
1: he's still suspended for one more game. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well,
0: point is, he didn't play. He didn't play.
1: So there's something in that. Yeah. I, I think I think you've got a good point there. Uh,
0: direct, di- directors of rugby don't get carried away with his shiny new toys.
1: Yeah. And look at Todd Blackadder sitting on the first win for Bath at Welford Road in 14 years. Only their second league win. Is that right? Only their second league win ever at Welford Road. No. Yeah. So I... um. As well as doing the the man of the match and the um, the losing director of rugby, I also do another couple of interviews that go around um, you know websites and around the world that doesn't go out on the TV. And I I, I chatted to Tabai Metz and the assistant, mm-hmm. or the head coach, the um, Todd Blackadder's number two, and I said that I sort of mentioned you know how pleased, particularly when you consider it's you know only the second league win ever. And afterwards
0: he went, is that right? Really, wow!
1: I mean, he's a guy that's relatively new to. Britain. Didn't
0: they watch like 40, 40 games back to back and <laughs> yeah. six hundred and eighty hours of footage before they joined? They did. Come on!
1: Um, but yeah, there you go. And Todd Black had, a, had Chris Cook and Reese Priestland.
0: Yeah, the petulant as his half half the petulant partner, Chris Cook and the weak Rhys uh, <laughs>
1: Priestland. Hey, listen. One thing I want to talk about. Right, so we, we talk about how the the teams are done. We've we've seen all the kits now on the field. And I just want to, uh, I'm just thinking, my clear relegated team on the basis of stash is Northampton Saints. They're down and
0: gone on their, I on their don't kit. mind there so much. What? Oh, the oh, oh the yellow, the... That horrific uh, vomit green one. Oh, yeah, that is vile. That is, is purely vile. vile.
1: Uh, you've got a clear champion. I mean, forget top four. You've got a clear winner, and that is Bath. The Bath away kit. But, well, both of them are lovely, but that oh, change kit is nice, isn't it?
0: gorgeous. It
1: is. And there's a mess- There's a message for kit manufacturers, keep it simple, keep it classic.
0: Yeah. It's gorgeous. I want one kit manufacturer just to you know, put put the neck on the line, say this is the kit now we're having for five years. Oh, yeah. And you watch sales rise because no one's worried about having an old kit next year. It's, it's stupid. We don't need new kits every year.
1: Well, particularly we don't need disgusting new kits every year, and there's there's some absolute howlers. So uh, my top four Bath champions, uh, top four would be Newcastle, um, uh, probably Gloucester and Quins, maybe I'd, well maybe Gloucester. I like and... the Quins. Yeah, I quite like the Quins kit, but and then you've got this horrible mid-table mush of Leicester. Actually, Exeter, well, no, might, Exeter, Exeter might be pushing fifth. Well, I saw it up close. I was like, I was not a bigger fan of that Leicester one. The away kit is an improvement on what there was. But you, um, yeah, Exeter probably fifth. And then you're getting into Sale and Leicester and um, London Irish. Worcester are down near Sale the bottom of, as well for me. Don't Sale like have
0: moved it. away from their traditional colours. I mean, it used to be like a royal blue and white stripe. Yeah. But hoops, that was perfect. They've now got this kind of dark, sort of creamyish blue thing going on, with swirls everywhere.
1: Yeah, swirls all over. Yeah, it doesn't
0: look too bad as it happens, but it isn't their kit. No, it doesn't. Do, um, no. Uh, how, how many? No years? wasps. Wasps got to be up there. Oh, uh, wasps! Wasps uh, wasp stunning.
1: Yeah, wasp. Uh, well, I don't, I'm not. I'm not that keen on the white collar. It kind of ruined it for me. But it's up there. The, the, the simple ones are the best. Exodus is hard to judge because they've got. It's, they've got so many sponsors on it it's like uh it's like a a nascar yeah agree <laughs> we got that so many sponsors on it um but there's some really there's some real howlers this year so but how many years has the the avicii premiership been going must be oh. must be the 20 something yeah must be getting towards 25 so when it's the 25 year can we get an early request let's have a 25 a 25th premiership and do throwback kits to the kits that there were 25 years ago
0: that's a tremendous idea that is actually a tremendous idea
1: yeah we'll work on that we, we got Canterbury to make sure to start doing boots in promotional shots we uh, Gloucester got in touch with us and kept
0: us in touch over the years on trying to get back to full hoops yeah so they can cons- consult their fan groups that's how they that's how they come up with what they come up with so hmm. um, now Phil isn't here yeah which means no one's watched the Pro 12 did you watch pro, any... Pro, pro 14. Pro 14. Did you watch any... Pr- South African teams both lost. They No, they didn't just lose, mate. They got hammered.
1: You got hammered. The, the, yeah. Uh, it's quite a tough ass, like you say. A long way from home. Haven't played that before. But then again, it's also the acid test. And there, you could argue, well, no, actually, they're, they've they had lots of rugby. So they're, they're they're cohesive in a way that they're not. But like you well, say... Well, they
0: weren't cohesive in their own competition, let, let alone this one. No, they got pumped. Yeah, and... Um,
1: they're going to entertain, though for sure they're gonna entertain.
0: Well, I would just caution the Pro twelve that I thought it was a terrible idea to start with, I thought it was relatively well executed. But if these teams don't do better soon, there'll be a lot of people out there saying basically, I th- I told you so, uh myself included. Uh, do you Pro not think they'll just
1: lose generally speaking apart well they're gonna be playing Treviso and stuff. So against the big teams, they'll lose away when but win at home. They'll probably win all their home games.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see what they do at home to get a real good gauge of them.
1: And there's even talk about two more South African teams leaving Super Rugby and going to the pro to make it a Pro Sixteen.
0: Yeah, so I've heard about this. I've also heard they're interested in the Premiership. Well, I mean, whether the Premiership would be interested in taking them, I don't know. No. But would that mean the end of Super Rugby? Pretty much. Because if two more, I mean, what would they do? They'd keep. I mean, say they talk about two existing teams.
1: Uh... Yes, because mainly the the big, the big success and the big reason that already the South Africans are really liking the Pro 14 is the time difference. It works for televising matches. It's just,
0: mm. Right, I'm not buying this because as an avid rugby watcher myself, I love having games on at different times. The 3 o'clock kick-off does not bother me one bit. As long as there is a 3 o'clock kick-off, everything else to me is absolutely fine. So if you can get me... Um, a 6 a.m. kickoff, a 10 a.m. kickoff, a 12 a.m. kickoff, um, then your 3 a.m., three three p.m. kickoff, and then maybe some ha- some at 11 11 p.m. Perfectly happy with that. If you put them all all at 3 p.m., I'd be furious. <laughs> so no, well, I, I I don't buy it. But
1: it it can be evenings, it can be afternoons. But, but the point is, it's um, when they travel away, it's you're not getting up early in the morning or staying up really late it's at peak times friday night or saturday evening or a yeah, saturday it's afternoon it's nice
0: to, to wake up on a saturday morning have a bacon butty and watch super rugby it, it will i it, mean it's like a ritual to, for everyone that plays rugby
1: it is nice but it's a commercial world and there aren't as many people that will get up and have a bacon butty and watch rugby as will sitting on a on a fri- mm. friday evening or saturday or saturday afternoon and and watch rugby and that's where the advertising money comes from that's where the television money comes from and that's why already the rumor is that two other south african sides are considering moves north uh, what to the pro 12 potentially yeah well the pro 14 pro 14, are, pro 14. The, the pro the pro 14 well it's going to be pro worldwide because they want an american team in there's talk of a canadian team um oh. but it's certainly a north american side uh I think expansion I think Argentina would do well to have a, a team based in Europe because the Jaguarez isn't working for got the, the say, national the... team in the way that we
0: thought it would this is like a horrific mess
1: yeah I know I, I agree with you I agree but the Pro 12 was making no money and already they've made is it 6 million quid more
0: from no, TV money they've from... got a lot okay They've got a lump sum from so from somewhere from South Africa. Now, if these South African teams are horrible for the TV rights, yeah, that is yeah. If these South African teams are horrible, um, then that money's going to dry up pretty quickly. The attendance mm-hmm. are going to dry up pretty quickly. So we, we we will see. But just to round up some some of the other, the other results, uh, Ed, Ed, Edinburgh beat Cardiff twenty uh, ten. Uh, we spoke spoken about Ulster hammering the cheaters.
1: Well, uh, yeah, Edinburgh. So Richard Cockrell's uh, first game in charge. Good at result. At Cardiff. Yeah. A- at, Car- was it at Cardiff. Yep. I thought. Oh, God, I saw the result and just assumed Edinburgh were at home.
0: No. No. Wow. So that that's pretty decent. Um, you won't you won't believe this. Uh, Munster beat beat Benetton. What? Yeah. I, I... Why did we not lead with that at the start of the podcast? Exactly, mate. Twenty two thirteen. Ospreys beat Zebra. Who did? Surprisingly, will there actually? Leinster, Leinster battered Dragons shock.
1: Yeah, Leinster and Munster had a lot of their first choice players not not involved. All their lions and and many other players as well. Yeah, uh, you looked at the Leinster team that wasn't available. They they had like a, an awesome international quality team not even involved. So. Yeah,
0: uh, and this is it. This 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 is it. The. This is why the Pro 12 suffers a lot of a Pro lot of 14. Teams, the pro the 14. Guinness.
1: Now oh, hold on, isn't it called the Guinness Super 14? Oh,
0: I don't know, mate. I, I don't know. Well, we need so to get this it is the Guinness Pro 14. It's Pro 14, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, a, a lot of teams rested the the Lions actually, so I, I, I won't be too too harsh. And last but not least is 1218, uh, Connacht going down to Glasgow Warriors, um, Glasgow or my pick for my pick for this year. So and it's a good result that actually. Go, uh, going go, going over to Connick When
1: you say pick for this year, what do you mean? Definitely really? to really? make
0: definitely need to make the playoffs. Pro- probably to, probably to win the thing. Don't think they're going to get out there, the European group though. The European group is savage. I think they've got. I think it's them, Leinster, Montpellier, and Exeter. Good luck.
1: Mm. There's been some transfer talk. We mentioned Lezowski, uh to Wasps. Uh, Carl Ferns playing for France. <laughs> Uh, and there was some talk of Tavita Kurindrani being a target for Sale Sharks. <laughs> um, but Not what, exactly. What's
0: been bubbling? Um, uh, what well, other, other than uh, Australian rugby league players?
1: Yeah, other than Australian rugby
0: league players. Bub, uh, bubbling, Tim. Oh, no, bubbling. Oh, sorry. N- never mind, mate. Sorry,
1: it's very late. Yeah, I missed uh, that. Right, um. Uh, don't, but put Google safe,
0: safe Search on if you want to know what bubbling is. Well, the only one which comes to mind is allegedly it's uh, Chris Kurendrawny, uh, the brother of Nemorny Nadolo. No. Not the brother of Tavita Kurendrawny? No. What? Although Tavita Kurendrawny is also related to Nemorny Nadolo.
1: Hey, how does that all work out?
0: I, it does work. I have asked him. In fact, listen to my Rugby Dungeon interview with Nemorny uh, so- Nadolo. Tavita he, he, Kurindrani he uh, sorry out.
1: so Chris Kurindrani um, brother of Namani Ndodolo not Tavita Kurindrani Yes
0: yeah, okay yeah that's the one so i think it's something like oh i don't know i anyway, So ask.
1: so Sailor doing what they've done in the past when uh, they they heard that the Tualangi clan were quite good they signed Andy Tuolangi. Yes we're going to be good <laughs> and then this um, Is it they heard that the Fords were quite good at fly half they signed Joe Ford and they've heard that they they want a they want a big lump in the center and they'd heard that to get a Kurindrani and they've gone for Chris Kurindrani. Purindrani.
0: Yeah, so I think the link here I, well I'll I'll find, out, I'll find out tomorrow but I think the link is he played for the Reds. They've already got a link there because I think Johnny Liota was was at the Reds at some point but even if he wasn't uh he recommended Sale pickup uh T J Ione, who definitely was at the Reds. So I think that's that's sort of the link. One recommended one, he recommended another, he recommended another. So we'll we'll see if he's any good. Bit of strength in depth can't harm. Mm.
1: Mm, no, it can't. Um, any other rumours bubbling away? No, <laughs> I have to stop saying bubbling.
0: Yep, yeah, zero. Uh, uh, zero. Do you want to go into um, next week's games? Shall we do a pick of the week? Yes, let's do that. So, as you know by now,
1: Leo Vegas love their rugby. They sponsor us. And with them, you can win. Oh, God.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, we're so bad
1: at this. Oh, dearie me. Oh, speaking about bits of music, because this music reminds me of uh, Donald Trump, because it was the theme tune for The Apprentice. But equally, our theme tune is used by Donald Trump, it turns out. Uh, yeah, it so, is. So he was being he he gets, he's been recently being welcomed into rooms, trying to drum up a bit of support and raise some money for a 2020 presidential bid, and the Egg Chasers theme tune music is what Donald Trump enters the room to.
0: Who'd have thought that we have so much influence? I know, amazing,
1: making podcasting great again. Um, so uh, I forgot where we are. Oh, yeah, Leo Vegas bet of the week. So the games, the fixtures for this weekend are. Let's just rattle through the... Fi- Let's look at the fixtures and we'll pick out our... Uh, All right, so record. on
0: Friday night, Cell sell Sharks, Newcastle Falcons. You going to go and watch that? Um, I'm working it. Right. Am I going to go and watch that? The answer is I deeply want to go and watch that, but I need someone to watch You need
1: book. someone to... You need to set off to the AJ Bell on Wednesday in order to make the four-mile trip there <sighs> See, and get there in time. the problem
0: is my wife is, is doing either a long day or a night shift, something meaning which I can't get get out of the house. We we have a lot of listeners now, so if anyone wants to volunteer to look after my daughter, she's, she's one of the half, half, half years old, so I can go to the AJ Bell. Can't
1: you get her in a baby bjorn and uh, take her to the AJ Bell?
0: Past her bedtime. But, so I am I considering that, but you know, it does it angers me intensely that Fatherhood has stopped me watching Sail Jets tonight, and will stop me watching Sail vs Newcastle. So I'll sort something out.
1: Uh, yeah. Just try and sort something out. No, I I've I've been to rugby clubs before when they've had like a, a kind of crash. So what the, so they've they've had they pay for someone to just like watch the kids in a yeah. little crash bit so the wives can go and watch the game and stuff.
0: No, I don't I, I don't qualify for that perk yet, Tim. No. But uh, yeah, maybe we'll work on it. Also on TV is Bath hosting Saracens. Friday that's, not that's Friday, Friday, that's Saturday, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Ex- Exeter hosting London Irish. I ooh, this is tasty. Um, Quinns versus gloucester at the at the stoop now the reason that's so interesting is because i think these the like this will give you a real good idea of where these two teams are that's a that's a real barometer uh then there's uh, North, uh northampton tigers and there is uh, worcester versus uh versus wasps at Worcester so you'll pick pick the week there has to be it has to be North, uh, Northampton, last right? Yeah, it was the Te- televised game, four thirty Saturday. Yeah. Hmm. So Northampton were epically bad. I mean, really atrocious. Can
1: they be that bad again?
0: At home in the Gardens, you would say not, but if they have to put out that same same back line... It doesn't fill me with much, with much hope.
1: What's happened to the PC Brothers? They used to be uh, like they've sort of just gone off the boil the last couple of years.
0: Um, compared to the no, you're absolutely right. I mean, they were absolute destroyers of worlds at one point. Um, they all seem to have grown old at the same time. They all seem to have become non-effective. They're not old though. It, it, no, l- not. less effective. You're right. So yeah, you know, George North playing at Haywood Road tonight. Yeah. I hate to say it but the guy looks like a spent force. Um or someone like Foden, uh, not really someone who you can uh, you know he certainly isn't as dangerous uh, uh, as he was when he was running around with Chris Ashton. Uh, then then you got the PC boys just everything seems to be just getting a little bit duller. Um uh, so yeah, I I don't know what the what um, what, what the answer is. Ho- hopefully they'll put in a better showing. You'd expect them up front to do well. I tell you what, Lewis Ludlam's a good player. Mm. I mean, you know, even though they're getting hammered, he um, he he still stuck at it on on Saturday. I like
1: the look of Dave Ribbons. They've got in their the second row on the bench as well. I think he's he's one that mm. could break through, and become a a standout first teamer. So two teams, but but they've got oh that's the other um, signing. Who's the chap uh, number eight for the hurricane? Not the Hurricanes, is it the Hurricanes? Don't know. Yeah, I think the Canes, number eight, um, Brad Shields. Okay. He's uh, thought to be coming to Saints. He's been touted, touting himself around for a while at 300-odd 300 K, £350,000, and word is that Saints are going to bite because they're obviously desperate to fill that number eight void.
0: So, in interesting dynamics. Two losing teams, right? Northampton will come into this demoralised, I would say, rather than uh, motivated by the loss. Because sometimes you have a loss, don't you, and you think... Yeah, okay, let's, you know, that's, let's that's kick wake on. That's a wake-up call, all right. Yeah. yeah. That is Tigers. That is Tigers. They went in there a bit arrogant. They nearly they nearly actually won the game, but they didn't. They will be wanting to kick on. I think Northampton will be very afraid of what Tigers bring. Uh, I see Tigers winning this at, at the gardens. And I see them winning it by eight points.
1: Which I think is the margin I said Leicester would beat Bath by. Um, but I agree with that
0: cool uh just give me a prediction for
1: well it's, it's worth saying as well leo vegas you can get loads of in play bets and stuff and first try scorer uh sort of predict a first try scorer in that game
0: oh um i'll tell you who it's not going to be it's not going to be nick bloody maloof um,
1: he's oh, he's in your fantasy rugby draft yeah, team and you don't think you think they'll make that change they'll put in a brady will be in yeah. this
0: week because he's class and if um, you
1: were because if you were Northampton you would just kick to Nick Malouf not because he's not good in the air but just positionally why not? It's, it's tough well, why not? it's hard
0: uh, do you know who I think will score again I think Manu will score again first try score, Manu
1: my goodness me he looks in good shape his mm. quads are outrageous like hit, uh, look at being there at the ground and just looking at it I'm, I'm, I, 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 I've I, got a lot of time for good quads and uh, Manu and Beno Abano just love it
0: it's impressive stuff well
1: they're like they're like keb- they're like the meat you get on the uh,
0: kebabs in kebab shops. Oh, del- uh, what a delicious description! Yeah. Um, right. So we've seen him. Uh, yeah, we've seen um, Manu play one game. I'm looking forward to watching his remaining two for this season. So I would say, <laughs> uh, yeah, Manu, Manu for Manu for first try.
1: Manu for first try. I'm going to go. Uh, first try is going to go to. I'll go for sorry. I'll go for Northampton and um, Dylan Hartley. Madness, mate! Is, I, 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 double, yeah, good odds on that.
0: Double madness. Uh, give me a prediction for Sale versus Newcastle.
1: Uh, sale to win.
0: Sale by eight. No, S- sail, yeah, sale by eight. I, I
1: you have Sale are going to have to start getting better at playing away from home, but I don't. I think that's going to be their Achilles heel again, but I think they will be good at home. Yep. Um, it's a great test as well. That's a really good match-up, that one. Yeah.
0: It's a, it's another again, one of...
1: You're right. We're going to learn a lot. The, the, we're going to learn a lot about where these teams really are after this.
0: Uh, Bath, Saracens? Uh,
1: Saracens. Mm. By... Nine.
0: Okay. Exeter, London Irish.
1: I think you're going to get a reaction from Exeter and... Uh, 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 f- back down to earth for London Irish an mm-hmm. uh, X to
0: buy
1: 18 I, I uh, okay I mean uh, L- London Irish uh, that was my favourite result of the weekend I thought they were great
0: Quinns Gloucester oh my at Quinns Quinns
1: I'm going to go Quinns they can't be that bad again I'm Cat- going to go this is, is going to start and he'll kick uh, relentless like he did He kn- didn't he knock um didn't he knock Quinns out of European competition by just kicking the hell out of it?
0: Uh, he might have for, for Montpellier. Um, I'm going to say 21 all draw. Wow. I, I, I can't split these guys. Great yet. odds on that. Um, last one, four. I don't think I've ever picked a draw before, but that, defi- that one's that one definitely a draw. Uh, and then the Tri-Fest on Sunday um, is going to be Worcester hosting Wasps.
1: Uh, Worcester won't be as bad again. They can't be. But they'll be very worried if they are. Uh, Wasps will win.
0: Wasps will win. Wasps are going to win this one by 30.
1: What's got, right, I'm I'm wondering what's going to happen with their number 10 shirt. Because Danny Cipriani has been playing very well. Really well. And soon when they get their centres back, when Elliot Daly starts playing again, and you've got Lava Balavu, who looks awesome.
0: And they've spent a lot of money on De Jong. De Jong
1: and they've got Eastmond already, and Macken, and they've got lots of centre options. I think, again, talking about the fact that Dai Young's very clearly built a squad which has two very good players in each position. I think he's thinking it's going to be Sippers or Gopeth.
0: Agreed, that's exactly what I think. So,
1: who do you think will win that battle? Sippers. You reckon? Yeah, he has been looking yeah.
0: good. I think Sippers will win because they brought him in as well as Gopeth, didn't they? And I think when they when they did that, there was no. Intention to play go 12 ever nope. it just injuries forced that transition and he was very good at playing 12. It's like
1: Eddie it? Jones that, that was that's how it happened
0: for him with the yeah. he, I don't
1: think he intended to play
0: Ford and Farrell It'd also be interesting to see what the contract statuses are like so if Sippers has not got a bit of an extension on him maybe I can see him going abroad though I think he will I can or, see him into fronts.
1: I mean, I'd like to see him at I'd like to see sippers at Quinns I think that's a great fit.
0: It is a good fit, isn't it? Mind you,
1: in London as well. Don't have sippers in London. Not really.
0: You want to be a small village in France somewhere where? Uh, oh, actually, I'm not going to go. Uh, go, go really <laughs> let's just say, let's just let's just say somewhere where the drink driving laws are a little bit more lax. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, maybe edit that out. Um, right. Okay. Um, Pro 12 fixtures. Pro 14. Yeah. Pro 14. Uh, right. Should we just say? There will be some Pro 14 games, some teams will win, some some teams will lose, and leave it at that, we'll revisit it next week.
1: Yeah, listen, uh, we are fully aware that we've just put in a massive, massive shift. Our pre-season training was immense, but we have had, in podcasting terms, <laughs> and, we, and we are the Northampton Saints uh, in week one. But we will be the the Wasps or Saracens in week two, let me tell you. So, yeah,
0: we'll I film back next week. That, yeah. that makes a big difference. That makes a big difference, yeah. We'll have
1: him back with the selections. You know, we're playing a man down
0: yeah. at, at the minute. And also, next week, if you want to know exactly what I'm going to do in New York and Philadelphia, that's all I'm going to talk about. That's all I'm going to, going to talk about because we'll be getting ready for that.
1: But of course, after this, you can promise right now we will have a podcast every Monday morning, won't we?
0: Pretty much. Unless one of us dies. Uh, Here we are every every Monday, and once we return back from New York and Philadelphia, we'll be plugging like mad our our Madrid show, where we uh, are going to do a live show in Madrid, and we are going to do it in conjunction with uh, was it the Rugby Nations European Champions Cup or or, whatever they call it, the Tier Two competition, Tier, Tier Two Six Nations, the
1: Tier Two Six Nations. We had a fantastic trip out to Romania for the Romania Georgia game. Spain is one of the up and coming international sides, so is Germany. The two of them are playing in Madrid on the 10th of March, so just like pencil that one in your diary, and we will confirm details soon enough. but we had tons of people coming out for a live show out in Bucharest, and it was raucous, watching all the six nations, few bevies live show, watching some rugby and then you know lads, lads, lads,
0: all the boys, so yeah.
1: all the boys and uh and so we're looking to do likewise in Madrid excellent so watch this space right well well let, let the boys play tim let the boys play and we apologize and uh we will um yeah in fact let me just finish by doing a, a like a post-match interview i'll do what i do with the dor's go on, then um jb how do you reflect on that podcast
0: i think the boys primarily jb will be disappointed by the performance
1: That's very honest of you. Uh, What areas do you need to address between now and uh, next week?
0: Mostly vocal and communication skills.
1: Uh, Any areas in particular you're going to be working on between now and then?
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, as a squad, we'll be looking forward. We'll be looking holistically at the whole process and making sure that our details are right uh, in order for us to produce the product that we want. But ultimately, we need more, um, more depth with small statistical geniuses. I mean, if we can bring another one of those in um, into, into the squad sooner rather than later, they're not easy to find, uh, but we think we can get one statistically underneath the cap. So if we can just get a little bit more strength in the squad, concentrate a little bit more on our details, I'm sure going forward performances will pick up.
1: And how do you think your statistical um, talent will, will react to being described
0: as small? Uh, in, in Probably in a very, dimin- very, very diminutive manner. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for your time, JB. No, thank you, Tim.
1: I wish they were all that... Ch- so actually, I'll let you in on one little secret, right? So uh, before the game, I interviewed Matt O'Connor, the Leicester Bath game, and um, I asked him a few questions. And when I'd finished, uh, and no one, even watching the telly, you wouldn't have seen this, he then he then turned around and went... That was a bit... he basically, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he pretty much said, you gave me a bit of an easy ride there. Nice one. <laughs> uh, he was, he was sort of. Um, so I took that as a. I've taken that as a personal challenge now. Like, right, no, that's not do him. I, I, I what do you I, ask him? I put people in difficult positions. Thank you very much. When it's needed. Well, no, all I did. I asked him about like, the three storylines for Leicester. Were their backline that mm-hmm. everyone's excited about? George Ford, Manu back. That was. I thought. I thought they're, they're the three things that people are talking about. So I just asked him about those, and he was obviously bracing himself for. Some difficult questions.
0: Yeah, do you do you feel? I a gave little... him a bit.
1: I gave him a bit of a tough time
0: afterwards. Yeah. Do you feel pressure on on uh, on your job at the moment? How do you mean? Uh, as in, the, the, you should have opened up with that, even though he's brand new and signed a <laughs> massive
1: yeah. contract. Yeah, signed a signed a massive contract. Do you, do you think it's time for you to move on? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, right, we've shown you enough of other sausages made right now. Let's let's get on with it and uh, let the boys play. Bye bye.